Hey guys, I just wanted to say that this episode was recorded in the early days before you know we had better equipment and quite frankly better know-how. So sound quality is a little rough. I've gone in and replaced like the title sponsor to reflect our title sponsors as they are today. But the rest of it, I've tried to improve the audio a little bit as best I could. And I just wanted to say that the quality gets much better as the show evolves. So don't give up on us because it's poor sound quality. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the show. I got bad news, bad news. I've been rolling with some bad dudes, bad dudes. I've been trying to get a bag to, a bag to. I'm just doing what Hello, I listeners. To. Welcome to the Ashes to Awesome podcast, Rising in Recovery. A podcast providing light, hope, and understanding about addiction and mental health to those living within that life and the people who love them. This episode is brought to you by Together We Can, where Canada recovers from addiction. That's twcrecoverylife.org. So I'm sitting here with the cleaner today. Uh, we sit down having a conversation about the old days, the good days, the bad days, and the new days. So welcome to the show, cleaner. Hey, man. Good to be back again, kind of. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take this for round two this time. Either kinda, that sucked last time. And for those of you who might not have heard that episode, we sat down, we spent the better part of a day together, recording some great stuff. And then I got home to listen to it, and it was so accurate that I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't put that product out. So take another stab at it. Things have uh, come around in the last couple of weeks in a big way. And uh, got some better equipment sitting here with this and some know-how behind us. So, so Well, I certainly don't know how. <laughs> the shit show we just had trying to get this set up. I, I say know-how, but I really, I mean, figuring out how, I guess. So anyway. Well, this show is all about addiction recovery and all the dumb shit in between. So why don't we start with if your past, uh, Mr. Cleaner. <laughs> um, um, well, tell us about your history with drugs and abuse and all that stuff. I mean, I grew up like addiction adjacent my entire life. I've never really been, I've never really had the misfortune of, of becoming addicted to anything in any significant sort of way, but but no, it, it, it's touched your life, I'm sure. Yeah, well, like I grew up around it everywhere because it was part of my life and surroundings growing up, just in poverty and mom on welfare and bad relationships and all the the stuff that goes along with that. So, what do you suppose? Let's look at that for a quick second. What do you suppose separated you from? going down the rabbit hole of active addiction and, and the fucking insanity that goes with it. What separated you from, from, from the guy beside you or the house next to you? Oh, I, I, fuck if I know. I, I, genetics maybe. I don't know. Well, there's definitely something you said for that, right? There's, there's a pretty like, hard argument. I, I've watched, I've, I've done a lot of drugs and consumed a lot of alcohol and often in the same formats, you know, like to cope or to escape or however you know however it goes but i just never caught the bug in any significant way which is it's, and it's funny that you call it a bug because there's a pretty hard argument about whether or not it's a disease and then on whatever side of that you come in on there's a whole nother argument to be had about whether or not it's a nature or nurture or genetic you know that whole side of things too so i don't think anybody's got the clear answer though like Statistically, I think it's pretty obvious that there's some genetics involved. I, I mean, you know, you take two twins and separate them, and you'll find that, you know, regardless of their upbringing, their odds of becoming addicted are very similar. Though I, I think you'd have to be almost a zealot to really believe that their nature isn't a pretty big factor, our nurture isn't a very big factor. 
Yeah, like I said, it was all around me growing up, and you know, my friends were involved in the the culture, and I was a facilitator of it in a lot of ways because I was just you know came from poverty, so you look for ways out, and some of those ways were you know thieving and criminality and drug dealing, and you know you get to be a part of the culture by contributing to it at the very least. That's even a true story. Not, even if you're not suffering from addiction you're still suffering from the culture yeah well that's for sure that's for sure i know it i think we kind of met when you were well you were kind of just getting to the end of your drug career i think if that's safe to say well beginning and end right because you're kind of in <laughs> well i i that, right i uh moved in and out of like yourself in and out of uh delinquency so to speak you know <laughs> you do the proper thing for a little while and then it falls apart for whatever reason and then in the meantime you go back to your old ways because it's easy and familiar and then something happens and try to straighten out again and back and forth until you either win or you lose that's well put man but you're just basically fuck it i no longer need therapy he summed up my entire <laughs> except well, that yes and no there is very very few parts of my life very very few time stamps in the fucking life that has been my crazy life where I haven't had at least a toe inside the bad side of it, right? Inside the crime part or the, the dealing part anyway, the drug part. They have existed, but uh, if I went two years without doing something in that line, I'd be really surprised. Whereas, yeah. You know, for yourself. That was, that was, it was pretty much the same for me growing up until final, until 2003. When you grew up? <laughs> when I grew up. <laughs> right. Well, I took a I took a big hit and I was looking at a lot of time and it forced okay, me well, to let's talk about that. reconsider. Let's talk about ways. that big hit. I know a little bit about it, but let us uh, let's go into that a bit. What happened? Well, me and my little group of friends were running a dope phone and what were you selling? Crack and okay. coke, crack and mostly coke. crack. Yeah, mostly crack. Which is I'll interrupt you for a quick second. Which is funny because when I lived here in the same city. Like sidebar, I think we're going to start calling the city like DC Comic Cities. So like <laughs> this one can be Gotham and this is the one I came from can be, um, what is it, Metropolis or, you know what I mean? I think maybe that's what we'll start doing because saying the city I was at and the city I'm in is starting to get fucking annoying. So what the fuck you say however you want. <laughs> anyway. We know we know that it's a Canadian show and there's only fucking like what, ten? eight to ten right. cities that you could really be in anyway that anybody gave half a shit about. Yeah, right. And I suppose that, you know, if somebody really wanted to, but. They'd figure out who I was anyway. Anyway, um, sorry, I cut you off there. You're, uh, so you're sound. Oh, I was going to say, uh, for me, when I left, I never, ever sold crack in this city. Never did I sell crack in this city. I sold coke, and I had a real hard line about it. If you worked with me, I found out you were selling crack, you were fucking done. If you sold to somebody who was smoking crack, you were fired. Because back then, it was the worst drug. Crack was as bad as it got, right? It was, yeah. Well, it was, it was right around the time that meth was kind of coming onto the scene and that's how i knew that we were going to take a pinch oh yeah what yeah because so yeah back to your story you were selling and, and yeah we yeah. were selling and yeah. we you know the the people i was selling with they were been doing it for a while and i was kind of new to the game so i was a little hungrier than they were and we're working a new phone so we we're trying to build it up and uh i ended up picking up this number that had just enough information. So number, you mean like a customer? Yeah, a customer. Okay, sorry. Remember, the normies, the muggles are listening, so I try <laughs> to make sure I interpret as we go, right? 
And uh, yeah, so I picked him up and he always, I dealt with him two times. And in both of those interactions, he was just sketch. Sketch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we don't need to. Fuck it. If you're that legit and you don't know what sketch means, then whatever. Yeah, Go back think, to the beginning the and start kids, listening. The kids today right? would say yeah. cringe. Is that a fucking thing? That's a thing. That's yeah. a word? Cringe? cringe. Yeah. Sus. Like, I should say Dunright sitting here yeah, off in the sus. fucking corner kind of laughing at me right now because I don't Whatever. Sus, sus I've heard I've used sus yeah, like, I, I think sus I made sure. sus pretty gangster actually when I started using it it became better <laughs> it fucking with you. let's go with sus I got laughed a lot by actually my roommates kids they thought I was old and fat and had no business using slang yeah me too I thought I was hip to the groove <laughs> they did not so you know, that we know we're not hip to the groove because we use words like hip to the groove. Dunright sitting in the fucking corner over here watching this right now. I should say, as you know, as, as we're recording, and he's just chuckling at me right now because he's got kids. Like his kids are like what eighteen and twenty. Yeah, they're gonna hear right? this. They're gonna be like, they're so not hip to the groove. Eighteen to twenty-one, nineteen and twenty-one. They're yeah, cringe. Right. So and they're like they're cool. They're like these. They're obviously fucking hip to the groove, and you know. So you know that's gotta. You know he's got to be somewhat more cool than I am anyway. Like at least not as square. I wish I could show the air square anyway so because i keep interrupting your story the sus cuss the sus cuss yeah the sus See, cuss. no we got to save that because that's got to be somebody's fucking nickname and i don't think this story is like it doesn't go into enough right to be somebody's nickname so. no not really because okay, so this this shifty customer shifty customer yeah okay. yeah sus cuss he Ooh, uh sus cuss i picked them up didn't like them i, I was telling them that we should try and you know, get rid of this because I thought for sure this guy was a cop. What didn't you like about it? What made you think that? Well, everything. I can't even, like, I I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, the easiest way to explain it is, like, the first time I went to see him was in the middle of the night, and I told him where I was going to meet him. And, like, there was a huge parking lot, right, in the middle of this spot. And Buddy's, like, parked dead center in the middle of it. For what? For a fucking good film angle? Like, like a load, one fuck? load fucking car in the middle of this gigantic parking space, right in the dead center of it. So I switched locations straight up and I went over and I, and I called okay. him from the new location and I'm like, yo, wh- where you're parked is like fucking heat score galore. Like, what are you doing over there, buddy? Like, I'm over here now. Come find yeah. me. Yeah, right. And then it took him like 15 minutes to get there. And I'm like, and what's like a two minute drive kind of thing? Oh, or? it was like I could I could see him the whole way. Like yeah, he was in my line of sight, so waiting for the team. So to he's got to wait for the team to get reset. Yeah. And I didn't even like, I wasn't even thinking about it at that point in time. I just thought he was a, a bit of an idiot. Which does say, you know, with the Saskatchewan, you have to expect that. And then so. so the second time, um, I kind of pulled a fast one on him, and I just switched the location up right away. Okay. Like didn't even tell him, just showed up at the spot. Where I where, like where I didn't tell him, yeah. and then called him and said, "I'm across the street. Come to me right now, or I'm driving away." Yeah. And so he came over right away, and took his like one little piece, and then started asking me about math right away. It's like, so can you get math? Can you get math? I'm like, crackheads don't really do math. No, that's that's a big switch, right? And like, and when you do math, it's like it's coming from Crackosaurus Rex over here. You fucking like you're doing math to not do crack anymore and you're doing a lot of it and you're like blocking yourself in a basement somewhere and hoping to God the Jones goes away because meth is cheaper. But back then, meth would not back have been Back then, I don't even no. think it was cheaper. No, it would probably would have been more expensive because it, it was still a novelty thing, right? So um, now meth is whatever. It's like a tenth of the price of cocaine. So anyway, so now you sold to what turns out to be the wrong person twice. Yeah. What happens after that? Well, after that, I kind of knew... 
I was fucked and I was just trying to mitigate going to damage control or something. I don't know. I went back and I told the people that I was working with and I'm like, pretty sure this dude's a cop. We got to ditch the phone. We got to start again. They, they were having none of it. They're like, no, don't think so. Everybody's fucking paranoid, right? <laughs> yeah. That just, was, because you're being, you're, just because you're being paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. But as it turned out. So how they like how do they actually drill you? How they, they do the pinch? Well, they just I mean the basic way they ramped up the the buy. No, I mean how do you get busted? Like specifically, how did, like, physically, specifically how, did, how did I get busted? Yeah. Well, this sting took place, and they don't show air quotes on podcasts. So <laughs> all know sting had they, air quotes. Right? Yeah, at that point we we're all you know under surveillance and the operation of an investigation, and they executed their their plan and took down the other guys that i was working with because we would just switch on and off the phone you know for yeah i I know how that goes a week at a time and so they all got taken down and i got a call from the buckets basically saying that the cells downtown normies (laughs) the girl of one of the guys was supposed to start a legit job the next day and where they were living was out on this little acreage just on the edge of town and so she would have had no way to get into town. And so could I go and get her and take her to my place so that she could start her job in the morning? Okay. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. In the meantime, like before this had happened, I had actually had a falling out with one of my buddies that I was doing this with. And I kind of like quit. Yeah. I like gave him back the phone. I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. You deal with it. Fuck. And like we kind of, we weren't beefing, but we were tiffing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because we were pretty tight. We still are. Arguing, not fighting. Yeah. Again, for the normies. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I was kind of out of the game, so to speak. But still, it's only been a couple of weeks. So I went up to the house and grabbed the girl. And then did a dumb thing and grabbed some of the shit that I knew was in the house. And was thinking about... Because there was another crew of people that we were dealing with. And I was going to offload some of our inventory to them. Yep. So that we could protect it. Okay. Okay. And I wasn't even thinking that 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 might be the moment. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. being an idiot. Let's face it. Well, hindsight, right? It's always twenty twenty. So yeah, we got jacked up. So they pulled, they pulled you over. Yeah, like, pulled me over, searched vehicle, found some shit. Had the warrant, obviously. Had the warrant for because I had already exactly. trafficked. And how much did they catch you with? Allegedly. Allegedly, if my memory serves, it was about a half a. Or sorry, a quarter of a pound of hard, a quarter of a pound of soft. So like four ounces and four ounces. About 17 or 18K in cash. That's a fucking ugly bust, especially back then. Now that wouldn't be yeah, so much. But yeah, I mean, fuck. Like, Nowadays it would be, wouldn't even. Yeah, I, I mean it would, bread, because it's not fucking Fenty, it, it, it wouldn't be, you know, it almost might not make the news. Uh, I know in the city I was at, it would make the news here. It, might it, made, the, it made the paper. I don't know if it, it made the yeah. news, but it made the paper. Yeah. That's how my mom found out because they kept us in the cells for as long as they could before we could get phone calls. And unfortunately, if, you know, I wasn't about to call mom. I was trying to get my yeah, obviously, right? shit out of jail. Yeah. So. so, And then how long did you end up inside for? Uh, I did like just a couple weeks in remand. And then after all the plea and all everything went through the courts, I ended up only doing a two-year 
unconditional sentence. So. But first offense and all that too, right? So yeah, it was my first big hit. Like yeah. you know, I took a lot of like petty shit. But first big past, drug offense anyway. Yeah. First big drug offense and I didn't have any addiction issues. There was no, there were guns involved, but I didn't have any guns or Thank anything. Like there was, yeah. none of that was on me. Well, and especially back then too, because guns would have been a much bigger oh, deal. There weren't yeah, some they were, they were a much right? bigger deal. They were cracking down. They should be cracking down on them now, but they don't. Well, they do. It's not like they used to anyway. But I and like, in, for instance, in my 20 plus years of being in and out, for the most part in, I've never owned a gun, right? Like I've just, I've always been terrified to own one. I said, fuck that. Because of the time that you'd get for it. But now I'm weird for not having one, you know, in my most recent, you know, forays into drug dealing. Um, I'm kind of, I'm an oddball for not owning a gun. So things have changed. In a big way. Even when I did, I didn't have a gun. I just kept, I had a pit bull. And she, <laughs> and she right. would sit in the fucking backseat of the car and we'd roll around and yeah. Yeah. people would get in the car. And people won't fuck around with, with you when there's a pit bull in the back <laughs> of the car. You know, that's funny. Side story. When I was in, the last fucking city. See, right? You got they got to get names, don't they? Right. So like, whatever. When I was in Metropolis, right, or Gotham, whatever. We'll call that one Gotham because it's a fucking dark place. <laughs> so now from from now on, instead of saying the city I was in, it's Gotham. I'm gonna say that from now on, but I'm gonna have to qualify that for the next fucking twenty episodes. So anyway, when I was in Gotham, still, I had passed on like I. I my phone was running in such a way that I was selling it. And I told that story and I promoted one of my runners to be my quote manager quote. See what I did there with the quotes? I did that. I had to say them. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Quote. Yeah. Anyway. Got it. Um, so I, I promoted this guy to a, to a manager, if you want to call it that. And one of his first fucking managerial decisions was, well, we can't ride alone together anymore. We have to have somebody in the car. Him and this other runner had decided this. And I said, well, who the fuck's paying for that? Because I'm not. Well, you've got to pay for it. You both own pit bulls, you fucking cunt. Right? <laughs> they both own fucking pit Like, but pit bulls. What the hell? What do you, what would you possibly need me? No, no, no. The second guy had a, um, a Doco, Doco Argentino, which is basically, a basically pit bull an Argentinian pit bull. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's this giant fucking thing. And I'm like, what are you talking? No. I'm like, I'm not paying for that. Are you nuts, right? It's just funny. So you say you had a pit bull. Obviously, yeah. you had some more common sense than, you know, itchy and scratchy. Oh, that dog which would, is would have fucking done but, anything. Right. Matter of fact, both of you guys fucking know that dog. So. Yeah. Oh, oh, didn't she die throwing a stick or something? Or Yeah. Well, uh, not not directly, but yeah, she had a big, she had a pretty nasty incident with it. Like spear a stick, stick, yeah. A stick when it caught in the ground, right, that she was yeah. chasing? Fuck, that was a long time ago, eh? Fuck yeah. Canada Day 2000 is the last time I remember seeing that dog. That was the fucking flag that covered the house. Right? Yeah. We were, we've been talking about it. And kind of doing an episode about it too, but it was like, I don't know if there's really enough. It's, it's a great story, but it's not really, I don't know, right? But fuck, the three of us are sitting here now. So Dunright so doesn't have a microphone, but so he can sit here all squinty eyed and laugh at us and agree or disagree, I guess, as we talk about the fucking story anyway, right? So, but. That was too funny, eh? Like, it, so to set that one up for you guys, you listeners, it's three of us that were there now, so we might as well sell it now. We had this duplex. We were living on, in our half of a duplex, which was a big duplex because it was extended too, right? Like, that's right too. That well, what used to be the garage had been turned into a bedroom. That's yeah. So there's a garage at either end of this duplex, at both ends, technically. That you know, whatever, whether or not they're actually a garage or not. 
So it was a long fucking, like for the short block, it was like half the short block, right? This place was, eh? And we're throwing this Canada Day party for Canada Day. We're still arguing about what year that was, 99 or 2000. Because Casper said it was 99 and you said it was 2000. I don't remember. Okay, so you can't hear anything he's saying. So basically, I can fucking make up what he's saying. But so, so Dunright thinks it was ninety nine. Anyway, do you, I, do you remember I, I you anything? I wouldn't venture to guess. Right, like nothing. And what's fucked up is there's like these couple pictures where it's like happy hundred and thirty or sixty whatever, but you can't see that last digit, right? So it's like fuck. Right? <laughs> that doesn't help us because we're like we went all fucking, you know. Columbo on that shit. Like trying I to can't even out, gauge but. it by girlfriends because I had one girlfriend, the same girlfriend for both Canada Day 2000 and Canada Day 1999. Right. So was it your <laughs> second Canada the, Day? And, the way, first and one? the way that our right. lives were back then is like everything just kind of bleeds into the other thing. Right, and right? it does. Like, it really does, right? Was so, it this party or that party? Yeah. No, it was the same party. Are you so, sure? So I guess I guess the year doesn't fucking matter because we spent half an hour, whole episode here talking about what fucking year it was, right? But in any event, we um, we throw this fucking party. We knew it was going to be big, but I don't think any of us were prepared. So Cleaner didn't live there. Dunright did. I did. Marshmallow did. And then was Casper living there yet for that? That's the argument. That is the whole argument. Okay, that's right too. So yeah, yeah. I want to say she, she lived there. there. I want to say she says, lived there. She says it was. We're going to err on that side mainly because. Casper is essentially my entire tech department right now, and we want her to love us. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever she says. Don right, you're fucking wrong. We're going with what she whatever says on she this says. one. So. Anyway, um, so we, we throw this fucking party. Nobody had any idea what was going to happen. It just, it like, holy shit, did that escalate quickly? I don't know how many people were in that. Like, it was a big fucking, it was like a corner lot yard. And we handed out flyers at the bar. I don't remember that part. Okay. Yeah. There you go. This is why it's great to have a few people sitting around. Right? We went downtown. So we handed out flyers at the bar. Yeah. See, I don't fucking remember. But most of the people there I knew. It wasn't a I bunch don't of remember strangers. there being a lot of people there that I didn't know. No, right? Like it was because remember you had that big tall fucker from Chicken Littles? Remember that guy who made yeah. guy's faces explode all the time, right? When he punched him? That's fucking terrifying, dude. There was um the Fox lion and, and, and all of them. Sorry? Even right before things got crazy, hey. So yeah, there's like well, they had it. The, you know, the, the we flag. had the house covered with the flag. That's what, so I'm getting they, to that part. Yeah, right? but they took an aerial shot of it. I remember it was in the newspapers. So you're the second person to tell me that. I don't fucking remember that, right? So I that's how. Hey, that. oh, but archives are tough. You have to join like get a free trial to get archives on anything, right? So trying to find this thing when we were like eight, and our dog was in the fucking front pages of the Herald for stealing shoes from the neighbors. I'm sure, I remember but, that. Um, in order to get archives out of like newspapers, I had to go back and find this. I was trying to find it for mom, just like in November here, actually. Trying to go back and find this so I could show mom, like, hey, remember this fucking thing? And mom's in the front with our dog for stealing fucking shoes. But in order to find archive footage, or archive, you know, like, for the paper, I had to, like, pay some third party fucking thing. You can't just go to their website and get their archives anymore and dig through, right? Like, how much, how much, we've had 10 years of newsprint on a goddamn gig, right? Like, how much, like, how much does it take? You know what I mean? Like, so anyway, somebody has to break out that microfiche, man. Yeah, right. But they don't. It's all it's all been digitalized. They paid some immigrant fucking worker like minimum wage to sit there. And, you know what they probably did? Let's be honest. They probably shipped that shit to the fucking like to Indonesia and paid some kid five cents an hour to digitize it all. This fucking flag that we're talking about that they took this aerial shot from supposedly, and 
This is ADHD, kids, right fucking here. How long have I been trying to get to this flag? This fucking flag. So you know when you see a Husky truck stop? It's not that flag. It wasn't from a Husky, but that's why I'm using that as an example. Because, I don't know. Fuck it. Well, yeah, because I have to say the city and the whole nine, right? But it's the same size flag. And you think that's a big flag? You don't have a fucking clue how big that flag is. Oh, it's 50 by 100 feet. (laughs) Until you put it on the roof of your giant fucking duplex and it covers the whole goddamn thing. Right? Like, it was just, it was retarded. You weren't there when the thing was going up. This motherfucker was, so done right. We know this because somewhere in the world there is pictures of, they've got three corners nailed down or two corners nailed down. Two corners nailed down. Yeah, yeah, it had to have been. So they got the two of one side, and this guy's got the corner, and he's bringing it to go down number three, and the fucking wind picks up. And the pictures show him being dragged, like a fucking, he's like sailing, like parasailing, like <laughs> across the fucking roof, and he's about to go. I remember going, let the fuck go, right? Like, I mean, let go of it, man. Like, whatever, right? And no, he was a trooper, right? And what's great about the pictures is they actually show him coming back and like in sequence, you can see him like, and then finally he's got this thing and he's nailing down that third corner and you know, whatever, he's going to live through the fucking experience. It was just nuts, eh? Just nuts. And then we had cars parked on either side of the street and there was a school across the street so all those cars were for us for like a fucking block and a half, two blocks. And at either end of the cars we had these signs that said Honk if you love Canada. Do you remember this? I do, yeah. And then you'd be sitting there talking this yard full of fucking people having a conversation face to face with a guy and you know, you're back to the street and you'd hear somebody start fucking honking. And the whole party would stop, face the street, and fucking scream, right? So that's what brought the cops. They, they were coming, like, before shit even got out of control. That was the first time they showed up that night. You guys got to take the fucking signs down. <laughs> you know, we had an ambulance, a fire truck flip the signs for us. It was, yeah, it was pretty crazy, man. It they was were simpler times. <laughs> they were simpler times. But you know what I remember is telling motherfuckers they couldn't sell coke in my house. Because it was my house and I would be selling all the coke. What's happened since? Where, where, what'd you do with your life now that you're not, you know? So, was that kind of your wake up? You went legit pretty much after that? Is that fair? Yeah, so, pretty much. Part? Like, I had, I, I met my wife, and during that same time, like just before that, we were dating for like a year or two before. Oh, I didn't know that. And so, you were uh, on, off, on again? Thing. No, no, no. We were. Oh, you had been. Oh, I see what you're saying. Well, no. Before the bus. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I was dating her, and I got busted. I was facing a couple years. I was really stressed. I had yeah. kids that I wanted to raise and be a part of their life. And I started to realize that that would be difficult from prison. Very difficult. And I mean, the dice, the dice were cast, you know, and yeah. we're going to land where they did. But the judicial system in this country is a slow process and you have a lot of opportunity there sure. to get it right, to get it, it right and fix it and, and show, you know, yeah. And I think last time we talked about this, something you mentioned, and where I've just come from and from the last years, I've gained this whole new appreciation for loyal relationships, friendships, and relationships in general, right? Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here in front of two of the best examples of it, you know, guys that are happily fucking married, and, you know, uh, and you'd mentioned once before, so I just want you to talk about that for a quick second, how how she played a role after your, your arrest. Oh, yeah. So, like, she was instrumental. She was the biggest... Uh, the biggest reason, you know, because she was loyal. She stuck around, stuck behind me while I was going through hell, while I was taking her through hell and her family and my family. And, you know, yeah. because, I mean, it was, at that time, it was like local news. And if I remember, 
accurately she was like the reason like she she got you out kind of thing right she pushed oh she yeah she busted her ass we had a little like i was well i was a dealer let's just say that and i was dealing crack and coke with my little crew and that was like what we got busted for but on my own, I was selling weed out of my apartment at the same time. Should have just stuck with the weed at the time. I was making way more money off it. It was a way easier deal. Should have, would have, could have. Yeah, fuck. Three bitches, I wish I knew better, right? You know? I'd much rather deal with yeah. potheads. They're they're mostly mellow and lame. And yeah. Way better than crackheads. True story. True story. Right. But anyway, um, so she took every last bit of weed and money that we had left and a little chunk of... Uh, I think it was soft. I think there was an eight ball of soft that we had in one of those like false bottom containers Yeah, that yeah. the cops didn't seize when they seized all the shit. Mm-hmm. And she took all of that and sold it off in order to make my bail money and nice. my, uh, my legal retainer. Nice. Nice. So, well, and then awesome. I was just like, well, shit, she was already making me respect her before that. Like, she yeah. wasn't. She, she was never one of those little hoochies from the hood that we were all tangling with all the time. Yeah, and so speak for yourself. I I was always in love. Yeah, with <laughs> hoochies from the hood. And that's that's why a lot of us yeah. are still single and yeah, have well, you know. babies with multiple multiple hoochies did. from the hood. That I never did. I never got and never knocked one up. Nothing. Well, okay, I never. Yeah, whatever. That's the road I never went down. So. Since then, I mean, I I don't want to fucking minute by minute life play here, but what's what's been going on since then? Where you at now? Well, um, since then, I really straightened my shit out. I had the fortune of uh, the good fortune of getting a job with a company that was pretty very understanding of my situation. Like they realized that I, well, I didn't. I wasn't straight up, you know, when I got hired. Like, hey, man, I'm a yeah. I'm a crack dealer that's out on bail and I need a job in order to show good standing in the community. Yeah. What I did was I got the job through my wife's relative and uh, went to that job for, you know, diligently every single day and busted my ass and built a good reputation in the company. And then at the 11th hour, kind of dropped it on them that I had to go to court and might very well be going to jail. <laughs> and uh, it's been nice working for you, you know, if things... Uh, if things do work out and I stay out of jail, you know, can I keep my job kind of thing? And they stepped right up to bat for me. They wrote me letters of recommendation to the court and they did all kinds of cool shit um, to, to help me out in that regard. So is that, that's the company you work or that you own now, right? No, no, no. That was the company that I was just employed with. Okay. Okay. Uh, The the job that I got to, you know, go straight and show the court that I had a job and then I was, you know, a taxpayer now and so then so then fast forward without giving me your whole resume yeah so fast forward to that and um one of the guys that was my boss at that company got me involved with uh a local volunteer like service club yeah and uh so i started getting pretty heavily involved with that because you know one of the things about realizing that you were want to go you know have a legitimate life is to give back and as i started giving back to the community because i thought like i took so much from it so it was a little bit of a penance so yeah, to speak I, I you, there. Yeah. you know and yeah. uh now uh from that got laid off and started my own little business and uh i've been doing that now for almost 15 years 
That seems crazy that it's been that long. It really does. I mean, I'd be gone for the ages. It doesn't when you stop and think about it. When you first hear that, though, it's like, holy shit, right? So, um, and I should say, it, I don't want to dig too much into the whole red tag thing right now because there's, there's a whole bunch to do about that. We're still not sure how to handle it. Um, but uh, I will say, when I when I got back to Metropolis, this is Metropolis now that we're in? Sure. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> when I got to the city I'm in, Metropolis, we are calling it because I'm tired of saying the name of fuck that, man. This is going to be a whole cast. Anyway, when I got back here, my dad's funeral, um, my first real exposure to this whole idea of red tag uh, was I needed shoes. All I had was these fucking sneakers that were too tight. And, uh, you know, I had whatever. I found some pants and stuff to wear, some, you know, some nice dress pants and shirt. But I had I just had sneakers. And I found some used ones on, on Facebook Marketplace, some dress shoes for, you know, dirt cheap. So I, I, I messaged Cleaner and asked him if, I, if he'd give me a, a lift to go pick them up. And in, in the true spirit of red tag, he said, fuck, for the price of red tag, or for the price of gas, I'm just going to pick you up and buy you some shoes. And, and it, that act of kindness, it's really stuck with me since I've been back back here. And, um, you guys, and I'll, I'll say it publicly now, thank you so much for that, right? Like showing up at my dad's funeral in sneakers would have been fucking hell for me, right? Like I'd never forgive myself for that. I mean, the guy was in clothes for it, so <laughs> it just seems so wrong. But um, So any of us, you take a, the Red Tag Committee is this kind of group, hodgepodge thing. You've heard me talk about it in a couple episodes if you've been listening, but um, the cleaner here is kind of a big part of that. And I think that's pretty cool as far as giving back and all that goes. Something with the show that we're trying really hard to do, the giving back thing. I mean, I'm not in a position to give myself right yet, but it's going places. I think I think we're doing the right thing and headed in the right direction with it. And definitely, I got some fucking penance to pay. <laughs> hey, I got a lot of penance to pay. So. What are your thoughts on the red tag thing? And, 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 and again, we'll keep it brief. I don't want to get too deep into that. I, I don't. I don't know. Red tag seems to me a few different things to a few different people. But what's it mean to you? That's what matters. Right? To me, um, it, it's it's community. It's uh, it's. It's community. It's like how I think, like in, in my weird romantic way about the way society should be or was once. I don't really know. But, you know, when somebody falls, you pick them up. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. you maybe you don't have a lot to give, but you got something. Yeah. You know, everybody's got something. Sometimes it's the time, right? Sometimes yeah. That's always sometimes sometimes it's, it's the ride or an ear. Or yeah. Whatever it, doesn't, so, it doesn't really matter, yeah. you know. Just this morning, Casper and I were talking about somebody within our circle who's headed in the wrong direction as far as their habits go. Uh, and she wrestles with how to, you know, be a part or not be a part and distance and all that stuff. And with you, I used you as an example, actually. I'm not going to do that this episode. Anyway, um, when I was still, uh, my first real kick at recovery was like a year ago, right? And I remember you'd help me out with a few bucks and it's, I don't care if you fucking use it for dope or whatever you're going to do, man. I just, I'm just, you know, I just want to give you a hand kind of thing. Right. And just knowing that there's somebody there, right. Like never mind the money, just knowing that there's somebody who gives a fuck even at the time. Like when I go back into relapse, that's always sitting there in your brain. Right. So that, you know, just to know that when I get my shit together, there's going to be somebody on the other side of it. Not everybody thinks I'm a piece of shit. Right, because that's what the addict spring does to it. Right. And, yeah. You know, no, for sure. Like, so it, it, we're all moment, we're all right? pieces of shit. <laughs> True story. You know, like yeah. the one I 
I've made good in my life, so to speak, you know. I mean, I'm not rich by any means, but I do okay. I can order pizza when I want to, right? I've achieved I've achieved that benchmark. Yeah. Yeah. And uh just want to be where I got that from was I don't want to be rich. I just want to be changed my fucking oil when I need to rich. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've got to that point. You know, yeah, yeah. I've got to the the, the middle class uh, yeah. uh, utopia where I, you know, I get to go on a on a, a vacation once a year, yeah. and I get to. You've well, worked really hard for that too. So well, yeah, I've yeah. had to put the hours in for sure, and I've had to, you know, it. it, it in a risk. way, in a way, like maybe that's my relationship to addiction. You know, in a way, because it's like. I feel like that's kind of the same slope, right? Absolutely. Like it can be, you know, right? yeah. the easy way is always the easy way, no matter what it is, right? Like if, if that is using, then, you know, and if it's going back to crime rather than finding a new fucking straight job, yeah, you know, like that's the slope, right? Like you go back to the comfortable behavior, you go back to the easy behavior, you go back to that, you know, absolutely. And yeah. It was that was the hardest part of all of it. Honestly, God, you know, having a job and working for somebody else isn't that big of a deal when you consider what the consequences are to a life of crime or degeneracy or, or drug yeah. use. You know, absolutely. Like yeah. it's just death and jail and violence and it really is. Like really there's is. no, yeah. you know, I've never even when I was, you know, when I was dealing, we had one customer who was like a brain surgery i don't know he worked at the university he was a professor yeah, yeah and but he was like a very regimented like i'm gonna buy my eight ball on saturday like once or twice a month and yeah that was what it, his thing was yeah. and like i whether it went off i don't know i never did it while i was working yeah so. but and maybe there are people that are like that it, in my in my experiences between, with yeah. it like you know i've smoked crack i got high off it i was like yeah i can see why people would chase this but I'm a very uh, environmental person. Like a I, fucking hippie? I, no, not like a fucking hippie. Like I, set and setting. Got you. I got you. You know, yeah. like, and I don't like to get high in bathrooms. And no. I don't like to get high <laughs> fucking crowded around fucking a bunch of people in a candle in a fucking bedroom locked away somewhere hiding from people so that they yeah, don't come right. in and fucking ask for your shit. You want to enjoy your highs, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I want to be social. So, you know, like. Yeah. I smoke weed. I do mushrooms. Occasionally, I bust the odd rail, but then it even even now I won't bother with it because I'm fucking scared of it because of all the shit you hear about fentanyl and all that fucking. Hey, better to err on that side, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Better to fucking yeah. not fuck around. Like, no, that is. Uh, hey, you know what happens if you fuck around? You find out. You find out, right? <laughs> yeah. So, that's, so that's basically you know, yeah, what so, kept me away from it. But I did. I fucked around and I found out and I watched the people around me fucking tweak and chicken peck and yeah. do all the fucking weird, nasty behaviors that go along with it. Chicken and peck is searching the floor for crumbs of crack, by the way, for those of you that... And fuck, man, some of the guys that I was friends with and hung around with while they were doing it, they are just the fucking worst. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I've been around all kinds. Just the worst. Yeah. So. Well, I, I gotta thank you for for sitting down with me here to clean up. Uh, I gotta thank you for so much more than that. But you know, is there anything else you want to get into while we're sitting here? I don't think so. I mean, I'm good, man. It's awesome. your show. Awesome. I follow your lead. Take your cues. <laughs> answer your questions. 
I don't think this is the last time we sit down together, and I can tell you right now, before I go home and edit it, it's probably going to be the longest episode I've produced so far. So, and, and I say that in a good way. I say that in a very good way, right? But, you know, uh, uh, Don Wright and I were talking just last night about how I kind of have this regimented episode length. But fuck it. If it's an interview and it goes long, great. It's it goes as long as it goes until it's not good, right? And the same goes with the, with the Memorial Mondays. Right? I just mentioned the Memorial Mondays. Um, for those of you that haven't listened to any, you should. Uh, episode 18 and 22, I feel like, are the two Memorial Mondays right now that we've done. Uh, so there's another one coming up here in a couple of days uh, for future episodes. So if there's somebody in your life that you've lost due to disease and addiction and you would like to pay some homage to them, you know, and send in some sort of tribute via audio or written. If it's audio, I will play it. If it's written, I will read it. I have committed to any that NL that come in reading them all or playing them all, uh, so long as they are you know within the you know, as long as they fall within the being decent or whatever and, and not being too harsh. But you know, there's lots you can say on this fucking show. <laughs> That's the same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like to finish on that note. And the public service announcement, I'm going to keep it this one for a little bit here, guys, until I think that, you know, it's being heard. Uh, pick up an Arcan kit. doesn't matter if you are near, if you think you're going to be near, if you think you'll never be near somebody that's using fentanyl. They're free. They're available at almost every pharmacy. Uh, and if you have one, it doesn't cost you anything. It takes up like no room. And it just might be, they're just, you never know. It, it could save somebody's life. Uh, it's... Just because you're not around it intentionally doesn't mean it's not going to find itself next to you someday. And for the cost of, uh, for the cost of, which is nothing, you should, I, I feel like everyone should have one. And, um, oh yeah, I get to do that now too. Gratitude time, which is my favorite part of the show, hands down, every fucking time. So we decided when I had done right on that the guests were going to do gratitude. So you, you got something in your mind? Give me a few. Sure. Three. Three. Three? Three daily gratitudes. Three gratitudes. From the cleaner coming up. This will be easy. First and foremost, I got to be grateful for my wife. Um, She's been the most solid thing in my entire life Um, in terms of just being a good person. Like, I've never seen her make a shitty decision. Awesome. She make bad decisions, make mistakes, like anyone. Yeah. But never has she catered to the devil on her other shoulder, and I'm grateful for that. That's great because I'm easily corrupted. That's great. I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of of the cleaner's wife. So, um, fuck. Ha ha! You need to come up with now. I need to come up with a nickname, nickname right? Today's probably not the day to come up with a nickname, though, <laughs> eh? Right? Probably not. <laughs> Let's base it on a broader experience, right? Extra. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Can I do that? Can I do it? Can I do it? Fuck it. I'm doing it. It's extra. It's oh, extra. Yeah, I'm not the one that's going to get shit for that anyway. I'm going to get shit for that. Yeah. You know, well, sorry um, if I need to be sorry, I guess. Right? Extra. Okay. So. Another yeah. second gratitude is uh, for, for you, for doing what you're doing. Oh. I think that... Uh, it's a good outlet, and I enjoy the content. I listen to it, and uh, if it if it helps keep you from falling to the demons, then I'm all about it. 
because I'm pretty frustrated with how many friends I've been losing to those fucking guys. It's fucked up, eh? It's fucked up. It is. It is. And I'd like to see that end in every way possible. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, we're we're trying and we're trying to make a difference too. We've got a couple of different things happening now. Um, That Black Balloon Day, which I told you about as well. March 6th, Black Balloon Day, guys. Tune in, get the Facebook group on that. Come join it, please. I'm not sure what we're going to do, but Casper said something about Fuck, some sort of fucking event because I don't have enough on my plate right now. But um, I put a request out yesterday to the world just asking that if um, somebody was really good with social media and wanted to take on kind of administrating that that group, that it'd be fucking awesome because I just, I got so many irons in the fire now and I don't want to let that slide. I want to give that the intention it deserves. So I've uh, so listeners, if there's one of you that's really good with social media and it's something you might be interested in, catch me at Gmail. Dopeycanuck at gmail.com. I need one more gratitude from the cleaner, and I keep fucking interrupting him, and I'm horrible. That's all right, brother. It's my show. I can fucking do that, though, right? My third gratitude is for forgiveness. Explain that. Well, without forgiveness, none of us would be able to recover. True fucking story, man. True story. Do you want to unpack that anymore? Because I get it. I, I don't. I'm not saying. I'm not asking you to. I'm just asking if you want to unpack that at all. No, nah, man. I think it's enough said. Right on that topic. That's that's enough said. Without forgiveness, none of us have a fucking shot at recovery. Right. So, none of us. But anyway, and the fourth one is going to come to me because it's you guys. It's the listeners. You guys. I am. I you know. I crossed that thousand download benchmark the other day, and that was such a milestone for me. And now I'm watching the numbers climb, and I can see that they're gonna they're gonna do better next month, uh, and I'm fucking excited for that because I can I, I got a shot at making a living at doing this, and starting to get back to the world, and that is all because of you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for that. I couldn't appreciate you more. And uh, hey, if you are in active addiction right now, please make today the day. Make today the day that you reach out to a family member, that you reach out to a friend, you call into detox. You do whatever the hell you need to do to start that lifelong journey of healing. Because let me tell you, it is so much better on this side. And if you're the loved one of an addict, you just took the time to listen to my episode. And I love you so much for doing that. You can take one more minute out of your day and just text an addict. I love you. Or, sorry, you are loved. Those little words, that little glimmer of hope might just be the thing that brings it back. getting cold my life is running low bail me fallen my life is running now I pray I make it now but if I don't it will be okay find you another day and I'm not scared to go it will be okay I'll find you another way and I'm not scared to go because when I die I'll be happier Sky, please search for 
so please don't cry.